So let's uh, start off our, our time here. We'll, we'll have a little time of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your work. Uh, thank you for your teachings. Even teachings that, that leave us maybe wondering uh, what uh, the whole point of the story is. Uh, Lord, I pray that the next moments together, that the words that come across my lips, the meditation of our hearts collectively, uh, would be pleasing in your sight as, as we unpack your word uh, and apply it to our daily lives through the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so minor confession. Um, this parable of the talents is one, as I was growing up, uh, always kind of bothered me. I was probably, remember little Jackson who got baptized a little? I was probably about his age. And you, you hear this story of uh, three guys getting some money. Two of the guys double it. One guy doesn't. Two guys get praise. One guy gets in trouble. How is that fair? And, and that's kind of the questions that we can bring uh, when we hear scriptures like this, especially when Jesus was talking about end times and, and judgment, and it seems like you have to do certain things and, and act a certain way. Uh, and if you're afraid, uh, watch out, because if you don't act right, uh, the master is going to come after you. That's not what the story is about. There's actually an opportunity for us as Christians to, to really kind of understand what's taking place in Matthew chapter 25. It's going to challenge the way you approach your life, I hope, uh, especially in light of the blessings that you've received. And how are you going to respond in your life to the master's generosity that he's giving to you? That's the question that we are invited to answer and ask. Excuse me, that's the question we're invited to ask as, uh, as we dive into the scriptures. Matthew 25 is the, is the middle of a conversation that Jesus is having uh, towards the end of his earthly ministry here. If you go into the first part of Matthew chapter 24... Uh, Jesus, we recognize it, it's Holy Week. Uh, Jesus has just come out of the temple. The disciples say, hey, do you see how beautiful this is? And, and Jesus tells the story of how each one of those stones are going to be overthrown on, on, and there's not going to be one that's left remaining. And then he goes and he sits at the Mount of Olives. And the scriptures in Matthew 24, right in verse 3, it says, and the disciples approached him privately and asked him, hey, hey, Jesus, when is all this going to happen? So from 24 into chapter 25, all the way to the very end of that chapter, right up to the beginning of Matthew 26, Jesus says to his disciples, those that are privately gathered with him, you know that in two days is going to be the Passover, I'm going to be handed over to be crucified. Jesus isn't talking to the crowds in this time of his life. Jesus is only talking to 12, privately having a conversation with them, pouring into them all the teachings about the end times and, and, and judgment and how it's finally coming and how we can respond to what Jesus came to do. And so when the disciples are having this conversation and they're listening to Jesus and they hear Jesus start to talk about this man who pours into three servants a great vast amount of blessing. 
Those disciples understand that Jesus is talking about himself. Jesus is the master in the story. And Jesus is teaching his disciples, I'm pouring into you. I'm going away. I'm coming back and there will be an accounting for what you've been given. You and I in 2023, with ears that aren't used to that kind of teaching, we approach life a little bit differently. I can give you an example, right? We have um, Thanksgiving coming up. Uh, we have many blessings and many things that we're grateful for. How, how many of you could name off, you don't need to do it right now, but one or two things that you're grateful for? Yeah. And how many of you, 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 uh, you own those things that you, you're grateful for? Well, guess what? We own nothing. Nothing. See, owning stuff like, like the <laughs> American dream, if you would, if I can go there, to own a home, own a car, own possessions, and, and own this. Uh, that's first world Western way of thinking. And if Jesus is not going there here. Jesus is basically telling us he's the one that's pouring out the blessings and he's entrusting it to the servant's care. You and I are the servants and Jesus is pouring into our lives. It's not my body. It's not my house. It's not my car. It's not my family relationship. It's not my kiddo. Everything that I have is being entrusted into my care that the master is giving me. He's going away. He's entrusting it to my care. How am I going to respond to the master's generosity? Two guys in the scripture respond with phrases like this in some translations. Immediately and likewise. So the guy that gets five talents, and, and just so that you understand from a money, money standpoint, a talent is about 20 years worth of wages. Okay? The master gives that amount, then some, to one that he's given five. So 100 years worth of wages. Another guy gets basically 40 years worth of wages. That third guy gets 20 years worth of wages. This is wealth upon wealth that he's entrusting to all three individuals. The master, out of his goodness, out of his trust, out of his, he's, he's giving it for these three guys to be caretakers of. Two of them respond immediately to that gift. Another one basically says, I don't need it. He hides it, is the way it says in Scripture. He buries it. Now comes the time of reckoning and accounting. The master comes back. Two of the guys say, I was faithful with what you gave me. It happened to be that they doubled it. But don't get lost in this idea of doubling it. They were faithful to what Jesus had given. That's the teaching there. And when they are faithful, how does the master respond to them? Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. A hundred years worth of wages. You've been faithful over a little. I'm going to give you so much more. Come and enjoy the, the joy of your master. The third guy responds this way. Master, um, I don't trust you. 
I was afraid of you. Because in my opinion of you, you basically work where and take everybody else's work. You didn't go sowing seeds. You didn't do these things. You take things that don't belong to you. The servant talking that way to the master. I didn't want your gift. I didn't use your gift. I was afraid of you. When the disciples hear this, they recognize all that Jesus has done, all that they'd seen him do, his gift, his, his outpouring, and his mercy. And in a couple of days, they're going to see him give up his very life on their behalf. Does that sound harsh? Do you hear how the third individual is, is doing a character assassination on one who is giving a benevolent gift? Character assassination, assassinating Jesus' character. Basically scorning the Lord, saying, I don't want anything to do with you. And that's where the judgment comes into place. When we take the gifts that God has given us, and we say, no thanks, or we say, it's mine, and I'm going to use it how I want, regardless of what you say, Lord, We're scorning the Lord, and there will be an accounting. It's not about the worldly gifts. It's not about the, the things that we have, the relationships that we get to be a part of. Jesus is, is not just concerned about money here. He's not just concerned about the, the worldly things. Jesus, as he's pouring into these disciples, teaching them what it's going to be like when he goes away and then challenging their faith to trust into him, that his goodness, and he's coming back for them. As he's pouring into them, he knows full well that in a couple of days he's going to be pouring out his very life so that they can have life and forgiveness and salvation. You see, the, the ultimate gift, the, the greatest gift that you and I get to have is faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in the fact that he actually did that for me. He actually did that for you. That's why I had you stand up a little while back and saying, I believe this stuff. I need a savior. Because every single one of us does need a savior. How are we going to respond to that gift? No thanks. Hide it. Scorn. May it never be. Because Jesus gave everything so that you and I can have a life and have it to the full. We all need forgiveness. And Jesus has given it to us freely out of his love, his grace, his mercy, and his compassion. And he goes away for a while. But there's going to be a day where he invites us back into his presence. And what did we do with his gift? The cross. Did we recognize we needed it? Or do we say, heck with it? Jesus is talking to his children. He's talking to you and to me. Do you recognize the work that he's done on the cross on your behalf? And out of response to what he's done on that, can we use our life, our time, our talents, and our treasures in a way that gives him the glory? We are simply caretakers. Everything we have is on loan. Even the very breath that we have is a gift from our heavenly father. It's on loan from him. And we respond saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you. May everything about me be a reflection of what you've given to me out of your goodness and grace. And there's going to be a time 
where we stand before our Lord and we're going to say, Heavenly Father, there was areas I was not faithful. And Jesus is going to say, I know. I covered that on the cross. You were faithful over a little, but I'm going to give you so much more. Come and enjoy your master's joy. Why do we get that sweet sound to our ears at the end time? Because we believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior and that we need him. That's all he's asking us to do. It's just trust, to have faith, the faith that he's working in our hearts. Here's the thing that blows me away. Jesus, who knows that we are quite capable of rejecting all of this because of our sinful nature, Jesus, who knows that about us, chose to make this place, our heart, our lives, his temple, his dwelling place, constantly pointing us back to his work on the cross, constantly pointing us there in our need for our Lord and Savior, constantly saying, I forgive you, I love you, I'm right here with you. Lord, may every breath, every gift I have, all be done to your glory as we seek to show how beautiful it is to live with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard our hearts and lives in Christ Jesus. Amen.